Bless the name of the Lord. Father, we thank you for the word of God that is already blessed. And we ask that you speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit, in these moments we have to share. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to spend a few moments with you from that Psalm 23 that you had read or recited in your hearing, and all of you know it well. Um, I opened it up a few weeks ago, and I want to come back to it in this uh, this themed uh, conversation, the temptation of fear. This is part two, the temptation of fear. The temptation of fear. You know, it's, it's very easy in times that are filled with uncertainty to unconsciously be drawn into your base emotion. And the base emotion being fear. It's very easy to surrender to, to fear. Um, we are being pressed upon by so many of our news media outlets with information, very helpful information, I might add, but information. And at some point, we get information overload. And then if you want to go around an issue to be sure you're hearing both sides. You'll watch one news from a conservative and one from a more liberal, and you try to judge between the two, and you try to figure out what is being said, and is there any truth that one can hold on to. The one thing you do know is that with all you have heard and all that we have seen from the pandemic we're, we're in the midst of, that things are not rosy or easy, that people are getting sick and people are dying and disproportionately um, based on wealth and status and in this community and in life in general. It's been a struggle to watch it. But what is a greater, greatest struggle is this temptation to fear, which is the result of many elements. Elements like anxiety. We get filled with it. We become anxious about what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, what's going to take place next. Elements like absoluteness. I need to know absolutely what's going to happen. When are we going to reopen? When are we going to do this? When will schools reopen? When can I go back to my favorite restaurant? I need an absolute answer. Dr. Fauci uh, probably upset many in, in the White House and on the, the uh, task force when he said the virus will dictate the end of the lockdown. And by that, he simply meant that when we get past this, We'll know. But you have to live with the paradox, with the ambiguity in the meantime. And if you struggle with living with ambiguity, you struggle with living in the midst of paradoxical situations, you are going to be fluttering about with fear and anxiety. I also believe that our affections, affections, things that we have set our heart to, things that we have attached ourselves to, those things cause us to fear. Will those things we have 
set our heart to be there when this is over. Will those things that we have, I use the word affections, but I could have easily used the word attachments. Will the things that I am attached to that give me meaning be available in the post-pandemic era? When COVID-19 is over, what will it look like? And then there's another reason to fear and that people get caught up in it is because of their agendas. I have a plan. There's a plan for this. I've got a plan. I got something to do. I got stuff to do. And that agenda caused them to fear. You know, um, folks, some people suffer from FOMO. FOMO. Uh, F-O-M-O. They got FOMO. The fear of missing out. And there are a lot of FOMO folk right now. F-O-M-O, fear of missing out. Well, you know, sometimes you got to stay in. And I know that's not easy for some of you, but you, you, sometimes you got to know when to back away. The, the psalmist looks at fear, and then the psalmist resolves fear by lifting the metaphor of the shepherd and the sheep. He resolves it in this metaphor. Now, please don't go all crazy with the, the symbolism as people have done. Oh, I can't believe you You want to be a sheep. Yeah, I want to be a sheep. I want to be one of God's sheep. And I want God to be my shepherd. I want the Lord to be my shepherd. I, I can hear that song now. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. He makes me to walk the metal grass, and he leads me beside the quiet stream. He restored my failing health, and he asked me to do what honors him the most. That's why I'm safe, safe in his arms. You see, I like the shepherd metaphor because in here, I know everybody likes to talk about this is a Davidic psalm, or, uh, but whoever wrote the psalm, the psalmist is not writing as the shepherd. The psalmist is writing as the sheep. And the shepherd in the psalm is not David, but the Lord. You see, the sheep are not anxiously in search of answers. They live without cognitive awareness of their surroundings in complete trust of the shepherd. And it is this idea that, that he wants us to get a hold of. They are not anxiously searching for answers. They live without cognitive awareness of their surroundings. They don't know which hill they're on on which day. They don't know which water they're drinking from that day. They don't know what places they're going to be grazing but they do know the shepherd. They do know the shepherd's voice. They do know that the shepherd cares. They do know the shepherd will be there. And because they realize that, all anxiousness is gone. They don't worry about the answer. It'll be over when it's over. It'll be done when it's done. 
And I don't know how God's going to provide, but he keeps doing it. He keeps making a way out of no way. I, I look at the field that I'm in, and the field that I'm in, if I were a sheep and I had cognitive awareness, I'd look at the field. The field that I'm in is, is getting brown. We've already chewed on this enough. But the shepherd knows. He'll move me to a new pasture and bring me into a green place where once again I'll be able to wake up in the morning and eat the green grass and enjoy my life. You see, the psalmist recognizes three large things that the shepherd knows and does. The shepherd offers three things. The shepherd offers the path. He knows where he's going. He knows the path. He knows the places. I know where to take you. The shepherd offers the provision. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to take care of you. And the shepherd offers protection. He says, I've got the protection desired by the sheep. I've got the path. I've got the provisions. I've got the protection. What else do you need? Matter of fact, can I be a little funny? What else do you need? Just shut up and eat. Enjoy. He's got the path the provisions, and the protection that we need. Watch this, watch this. I, if I am going to get a hold of this and emulate this, because see, I've got one problem the sheep don't have. You know what that problem is? I've got this mind that keeps racing on me. And it keeps getting filled with knowledge. I keep getting all these information overloads. I've got, a, I've got all kind of stuff. I can see what's wrong. I, I see the brown field. Those sheep may not see. I see the brown field, and I know stuff getting low. I see my cabinet. I see my wallet. I see my bank account. I know it's not where I need it to be. The, the sheep don't have that problem. I see it. And so, I want to offer you this. In order to emulate this metaphorical life example, you must surrender knowing for unknowing. You might need to leave that for a moment, bro. In order to emulate this metaphorical life example, you must surrender knowing for unknowing. It's going to get rough here. Some of you are not ready for this. To surrender knowing for unknowing means that I don't need the answers. I need to have the one who has the answers. I don't need the direction. I need the one who knows the direction. Um, you know, my, my children are home now. I'm so grateful to have all three of my kids home. My wife and I, we, we are just ebullient and joyous. And my wife said the other day she's cooked more in the last couple of days than she has in the, the last year. Because uh, the two of us, we don't eat that much. And, but the kids are all home and she's just, oh man. 
I said, we could open a restaurant just for some of the creations he's come up with. What's interesting is, before this happened, when we go to a restaurant, we would go to a restaurant, and we decide to go somewhere, and uh, all kids get in there, and we would all drive to the restaurant. There are five of us. And we'd get to the restaurant. The kids would pick whatever they wanted from the menu. My wife and I would pick what we wanted from the menu, and they would eat. None of them had any money. Christina loves lobster. Brittany likes the most creative thing on the menu. Even if she ain't going to eat it, she just want to pick something crazy out. Benjamin wants the best steak. And not one of them looks at the price. They just go ahead and they just order. We are with our parents. Now, they don't know what's in our wallet, but they do know since we bought them there, we wouldn't have bought them if we couldn't take care of them. And if there were boundaries to be set, we would have told them. And if we didn't tell them, don't go here, then it means everything here on this menu is available to me. You have to understand something. It's not what they had in their pockets. It's what was in the pockets of those who covered them. Don't worry about what's in your wallet. The God you serve still covers you. You have to get to the place where you go back to the unknowingness. Where I don't need to know because I trust. I trust him enough that if I'm here, he will provide for me. He will take care of me. You know, you know, the truth of the matter is too many of us, too often in life, we spend too much time worrying about the future or reprocessing the past. We can't change the past, so we keep reprocessing what took place, and so we keep rearranging the pieces and trying to reprocess it, and then we're worrying about the future, about tomorrow, and everybody's living worrying about the future and worrying about pre-processing the past that they can't live in the present. God is in your present. You need to be present in this moment where God is and where God desires to be present to us. I uh, I told this uh, before and I'll share it again. I got a little little piece that came out and uh, someone was talking about, uh, had a little future ditty there they put together. Said in the future it will come out that there'll be some kids 15 years from now who'll be finishing high school 
and uh, people will be talking about how bad this season was. This pandemic was so rough and so difficult and all the lockdown procedures in the nation and all things went on. And they'll ask those young people, how was it for you? And they will respond. It was the best time of my life. I had the greatest time. I spent time at home with my parents. I didn't have to get up early to go to school because I got school online and we had it at a particular time. I played in the yard with my dad. I had a good time eating good food. While all of the other folk will be thinking about what they went through, these young people will remember they had, in some cases, the time of their lives. I wonder if you could stop projecting into the future and its issues or reprocessing the past. Was yesterday so bad? Just think about it. Is today so bad? Because the truth of the matter is, you're alive. Many of you, and I believe most, have, have some form of technology. You're, you're able to view me on, on one of the social mediums. You, you, you have food on your table and clothes on your back and a roof over your head. If you really think about it without trying to project into the future or reprocess what you would have done in the past, this moment is not so bad. Why don't you try being a sheep for a moment and let the shepherd be the shepherd? Okay, okay. So I, I want to I want to give you I want to give you some some helpful holy hints here that that's gonna bless you right now. Three things you can do. Three things you can do based on the scripture. And if you could tell, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really work through this scripture in the next couple of weeks. Three things you could do. Number one, this is the big one. Surrender control. The Lord is my shepherd, which means I'm not in charge. Surrender control. You know, control freaks are going to have a problem right now. Because that's, that's part of the issue, because they can't make plans because they don't know when this is going to happen. They can't do that. They can't do that. They can't get. No. For change, surrender control to God. Lord, it's in your hands. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Whatever you're doing in this season, I know whatever it is, God, I know it's going to be all right. I trust you. I don't know how you're going to work it out, but I trust you. I surrender control. I surrender all. Surrender control. Yeah, I know you might have some decisions that need to be made, but guess what? If you give those decisions to Jesus, he will direct your path. Surrender control. The scripture quoted by, by Elder Martin is, if you acknowledge him in all your ways, he said, what he would do, I will direct your path. I know the path. 
But if you keep trying to figure it out, it's not going to work. Number two, number two, this is important. Surrender your cares. The psalmist says at the end of that verse one, I shall not want. The beginning of verse two, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. If I surrender my cares, it means that I know that God's going to do the providing. I'm not going to worry about it. I know he knows what I need. He's going to take care of me. He's going to give me direction. If there's a call I need to make, if there's a place I need to go to, if there's a thing I need to get done, he's going to take care of me because he knows how to supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And because heaven is not broke, I know I'm not broke. I'm going to give him my cares. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Oh, my goodness. He's going to take care of me. I'm going to surrender my cares to him. I'm going to surrender. The, 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 the apostle Peter picked this up. And he said, cast all of your cares upon him. For he careth for you. God cares. I'm a witness. I know I got some saints out there that witness that, that God cares. I know there's some saints who have testimonies that remind them that God cares. They've got testimonies of when God made a way out of no way and when God fed them and when God gave them employment when they couldn't find a job and when God helped to pay a bill they couldn't pay or got them through school in a way that only God could or when God gave peace to their troubled mind as it was racing because of the life anxiety. You know that God cares about you. You're a living testimony that God cares. And then finally, it may sound the same, but it's not. It may sound the same, but it's not. Surrender your concerns. Here's what the verse says. He restores my soul. <sighs> Can I hang here for a moment? And I'm closing with this. He restores my soul. I, I, um, my, 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 my friend, Dr. Stolf, has a great uh, meditation on this. You go to his website. You ought to see this. This is a great meditation on the restoration of the soul. I won't try to recap it, but I, 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 there's something about this that gets to me. Because he says he restores my soul. How does this apply to sheep? How does it apply to sheep? And, you know, the Psalm 42, 11 says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted? Hope thou in God. Well, the, the idea of, of cast is an old English term. It's used by the old English shepherds. And for a sheep to be cast, it meant that the sheep had somehow ended up on its back upside down. And because he was on his back upside down, because of the gases in his stomach and the content that he had, there's just but a few hours to live. Somehow he's got to get turn right side up 
lot of reasons can cause him to get turned upside down. Sometimes he's weighted by stuff that he's picked up just traveling around. He's weighted by it, and, and it gets too heavy, and he gets flipped upside down. I, I, I did, some of us have been picking up some stuff. We get around people that put their stuff on us. We pick up their anger. We pick up their angst. We pick up their issues. And sometimes even their issues have issues. And we get weighted down and we get cast, flipped upside down. Yeah. She turned upside down. If he doesn't get lifted, we'll die. But here's the good shepherd. And here's why you can trust him. The shepherd always has an eye out for the flock. And when one is turned upside down, has now been made vulnerable, not only to death because of his own body, because of the enzymes and gases of himself, but bone now to death because of predators around him. The shepherd has an eye for it. The shepherd goes to the sheep and gently nudges and picks the sheep up and places it back on firm ground again. And I want to tell you this, that you don't need to fear anything. I know there's enough going on to flip your world upside down. But I've got a God and a shepherd that's willing to turn it back right side up. And he will restore your soul. God restores. God restores. And even when we come out of this, you'll see the manifestation of God's restoring. He'll lift you up, turn you back on to firm ground. You will be put back on solid ground. I, I know you may have gotten flipped over. This thing may have flipped your world. It may have messed with your head. It may have bothered your mind and your spirit. But the God we serve, he, he restores. He restores my mind. He restores my soul. With his healing hand. I'm made whole. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. I know it's tempting to fear, but don't you fear. You go ahead. You go ahead. You go and surrender control. Surrender your cares and surrender your concerns to God. And he will restore. This is the word of the Lord. God restores. God restores. Come on, come on, saints, all over. I want you to begin to join me, God. God 
God restores. Ah, thank you, Lord. God restores. He restores my mind. He restores my soul with His healing hand. Yeah, yeah. Say it, say it, say it. Somebody's heard us today and you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to surrender so that God can completely restore you. I want to give you this opportunity now to 
accept the Lord in your life and allow him to take all of your cares and all of your issues. Receive the Lord Jesus. Receive the Lord Jesus. And if you're willing to receive the Lord Jesus, I want you to write us this week. Email us at shilohnl.org. Email us. Let us know that you received the Lord Jesus Christ because he's real and he will restore. We love you. All you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and you shall be saved. I feel his presence, saints. I feel his presence. My, 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 my.